We want to thank our sponsors of RainyTea.com. Get some from Amalia's Food Markets or enjoy with your meal at MCL Restaurant and Bakeries, Jonathan Bird's Cafeteria, and Jim Dandy's Restaurants. Welcome to Keeping the Nostalgia Alive show. I'm your host, Billy Powell. This evening, my guests are Indianapolis George Washington's John Sherman Williams. He's an Indiana All-Star, Indiana Basketball Hall of Fame, Silver Anniversary team member, a four-year starter at Indiana State University, and is in the top five of the MVC in most statistical categories, and Clinton Central's very own Rick Fields, um, also an Indiana Basketball Hall of Fame, Silver Anniversary team member, and four-year starter at Indiana State University, and teammate of John Sherman Williams. Gentlemen, welcome to the show, and I thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule, especially during the weekend, to help keep the nostalgia alive. Thank you. Great to be with you. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Thank you. You're you're quite welcome. My my first question to you both, I I guess uh, we're going to have Coach Shellhouse. He's going to call probably in about 45 minutes uh, to an hour, and he's going to share some stories that uh, he has of you guys and how you guys were uh, uh, teammates, and he was the coach at Indiana State University for a little while. But I, I want to talk to you both about uh, growing up basketball in Indiana, you know, making your college choices, and also want to get some of those stories in from Indiana State University when you guys were teammates once you made it to college. So my first question, and I guess we'll go with uh, Rick. You started out, and then uh, after Rick answers, uh, Sherm, you go ahead and uh, fill in the blanks with the same question. Um, okay. Uh, both of you guys. So I'd like to know when you were introduced to the game of basketball. Who taught you the most, and who did you fashion your game after? While uh, fashion your basketball game after just beginning out your career, just before you got to high school. And like I said, uh, Rick, I'll go with you first, and then Sherm. Well, it's a real easy question for me. Uh, my dad introduced me to the game. He was a former high school player, and then he was a principal of Michigan Town Elementary School when I was little. And also coached all the sports as a small uh, small school would have the principal doing multiple jobs and and uh, so I was over there in that school in that gym all the time with my dad. My brother's five years older than me, and uh, so we were always over there in the gym. So my dad introduced me to the game um, at a really young age. I mean, I can't even I don't even know when I didn't. <laughs> Um, play basketball. Uh, we had a little basketball goal on this screened-in porch that I still have the goal that my grandpa made um, that we used to play on. And then Dad always had, as a school employee, always had keys to the gyms. So we were in the, we were in the school shooting, working every day. So my dad introduced me, and and he also taught me, um, you know, the the basic principles of being good, you know, um, basically to, you know, about work ethic and, and, um, how to outwork people. And, um, and, and so he was, he was the number one person. And my brother, um, like I said, was five, six years older than me and, and I'm forever indebted to him because he would take me around with him when he would go play at the parks and I'd be the little kid that when the ball would go one way, I'd go out and shoot a layup or 
take a shot on the other end and hurry up and grab my ball and try to get off the court before the ball came back the other way. But I did that as a kid forever. And so, so my dad and my brother were the ones that, that really uh, uh, got me there. How about you, Sean? Well, for me, it was uh, just a combination of uh, the neighborhood, really, because uh, in our neighborhood growing up, we had uh, various uh, you know, kids that I grew up with that had basketball goals, and uh, me being one of them. And so with that being said, just having an opportunity to go and play with the neighborhood kids, and that was my first introduction to basketball and then from there, you know, I think my dad always made sure that with me having to go in the back, that I always had a ball to shoot with and, and to play with. So if all the kids weren't over my house playing in the backyard, we was over maybe the next uh, block over playing or a couple blocks, you know, over playing. So we always had somewhere to play, you know, growing up. So that was kind of like my introduction. And then from there, it just came to going to um, – the municipal gardens, and it was a guy there named Don Stout who uh, took an entrance, um, you know, and in, in most of the kids in the neighborhood and would let us come up there and play. So I remember Don Stout uh, being, like, part of that, that figure that kind of got me going to organize basketball. I think he coached the Peace Games, and so – and then from there it was just uh, various, you know, uh, recreational centers, the Boys Club off of 16th Street, the Christian Moore House. So – uh, uh, I think I mentioned municipal gardens. So, yeah, we we had always places to play, and again, it was just those people that were working in those venues that had an impact on my life. And really, it was just more keeping us out of trouble. Uh, but yet, and still, they steered us in the direction of just like Rick was saying, just work ethic and you know dedication. So uh, that was kind of like my start. Um, Rick, and, and then Sherm, we'll, we'll kind of go back and forth like this for for the whole time. So, so Rick, but tell me, I want to know who, uh, who, you know, who you're outside and you're like, oh, and so-and-so goes up for the shot or so-and-so steals the ball. I want to know who you kind of looked up to uh, when you played the game. At, at what point, at what grade level did you think, you know what, you know, I've got a little bit of knack for this. Uh, I think I may be able to, you know, uh, go pretty far with the game of basketball. And also the same question for you, Sherm, but Rick, you go first. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, obviously um, when I was growing up, the guy that I just would get excited to watch play was Pistol Pete Maravich. Um, but, you know, my gosh, the guy averaged 44 a game in college. I wasn't, <laughs> Uh, I wasn't anything like that, but but certainly his ball handling, his passing, his scoring, you know, he he could do it all on the offensive end, and and so Pistol Pete was a was a big one. But I just remember, you know, my dad being a school teacher and a coach and everything, he used to bring home uh, Converse highlight tapes, uh, uh, all these different, and it would be like a reel to reel deal where he would set up a movie projector in the kitchen and show Tazzy Russell from Michigan working out and working on different fundamentals and things like that that he would just show us over and over again. And I don't even remember who they all were, but it seemed like every weekend he was setting up that projector showing us something um, basketball-wise about the fundamentals of basketball. But, you know... <sighs> 
I guess when I'm out in the driveway, it was just whatever, whoever. I I, I just watched. You know, there wasn't a lot of basketball on TV. I watched I watched the Pacers growing up. It's a big Pacers fan, still am. Um, just whoever I was watching at the time, I'd try to go out and emulate them. So whoever I just watched. How about you, Sherm? Uh, for me, it was uh, two guys. Uh, you know, Dr. J. Uh, just remember him in the ABA, and just how he was just unbelievably, you know, just gifted. And uh, the things he was doing was just, uh, to me, was mind-boggling. And so I would be, you know, Dr. J. This, Dr. J. That, and then the other one was uh, uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, who I think at the time was Ulal Sender. And so I would, you know, remember being in the kitchen and would have a hanger and uh, and little sock, and I would emulate those guys and, you know, with three seconds to go. And, and so those were the two, and, um, and mainly Dr. J, because of his flair and his style uh, that I just really, uh, like, would go out there and, and want to emulate. Sherm, before you got to Indianapolis, Washington, um, a lot of the teammates that you played with at Washington – did uh, w- did they live in the neighborhood too? Uh, did they play on? Did you guys play together a lot up until dark, till it was time to go home, stuff like that? Yeah, that happened in high school. Uh, uh, once we like got to high school, but like like actually growing up, um, a lot of those guys that were older, we would actually sit there and watch them p- play at the boys' club, and every now and then they might let us play. Uh, but yeah, definitely went. You know, the guys in the neighborhood, we would especially during the summer, we would pretty much play uh, like at Belmont Park. And then we also would scoot out to Ben Davis. And I don't know if Rick ever got a chance to go out there and play in some of the competitive games at the Ben Davis outside court. But that was kind of like our, our second, uh, you know, home away from home because there was so much competition out there. So, yeah, we, we did have some long runs and long games and, and mainly during the summertime. Uh, yeah, Rick, I did. I did. I did go to I did go play. A few times at Ben Davis, I went once with Sherm, and I walked in and 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 I felt like I was walking in with a rock star. So I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I did play at Ben Davis. We played we played anywhere there was a game. Uh, I played a lot at uh, Dorner Park in Frankfurt uh, in the summer, and I, th- I I really feel like kids miss out on that now because. They don't get to play against the older guys. When you play against older guys, you learn so much about the game, how to win, what's a good shot, what's a bad shot. Um, you know, you, you learn a lot, and I think kids just playing against kids miss out uh, from playing against adults. And I learned more playing against adults than I did playing against guys my own age. Uh, but, yeah, we, we would play. We would go to Lafayette, the Sears Park, where a lot of the Purdue guys would play. Um, McCutcheon High School had a lot of the Purdue guys and, and a lot of the, the Lafayette area college guys come back in the summer and they'd play, I think, on Thursday nights. We'd play there, uh, play at Kokomo, at Foster Park. I mean, it's really good games. And, and then I, I did play at Ben Davis with Sherman and a couple other times too. Uh, Rick, when you played at some of these places, what were some of the names or what were some of the older guys that were playing on the court that, you know, someone would recognize their name today and you and, and evidently you were kind of, were you kind of in awe of them, or did you kind of raise your level of game when you played with them, or how did that work? Yeah, um, I don't know. You're in all you're in all of them until you get out there with them and you realize that you can play with them. Um, I I don't know. It just 
just the the Purdue guys that I, I don't even remember. I know Brian Walker was out there for, for Purdue and and um, uh, at Sears Park, and there were some really good players at, at Kokomo. Uh, ben Davis, I you know they had some amazing amazing players there. But you know you step on the court, and you're watching, you're thinking, man, these guys are good. You step on the court and you just go play, and um, and so. It just it's like a an instinct or something that kicks in, but I I never felt like when I was on the court I couldn't play with anybody. And and who are some of the uh, some of the older fellas that you balled with, uh, Sherm? That that um, um, and, and did you feel the same way, or did you just think they made your your game better? Uh, I kind of felt the same way, but uh, and and Rick had mentioned when it got. I remember going down to uh, Lebanon, and uh, I remember Brian Walker, and I think his brother Steve Walker was there, and. And you, you, you know, I remember playing against a guy named Ricky Hall that was at Purdue, uh, oh, yeah. and you know, yeah. And so you get on the court and you realize that you can play with these guys. And and you know, I thought about what Rick said, and that was a good point. I know, you know, when you play against older guys, it does teach you so much, and it and it and it makes you learn how to be competitive, and um, it and, and allows you to, you know. Uh, realize how hard that you have to work. But, you know, again, I remember mainly just uh, Brian Walker and, and uh, Ricky Hall that kind of stood out just being able to uh, to play against those guys. And and, uh, so, and I can name names that a lot of people might not be familiar with, uh, but still with a lot of good basketball players back there. Yeah, you know? and, 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 you know, it's funny because there's a lot of guys that, we, that Sherman and I could both mention that nobody would have any idea who we were talking about. But they were unbelievable players. They just didn't have any notoriety, and right. um, and, and man, there were some just playground playground legend type players that you would play. But if I start mentioning if I start mentioning names, I'm going to leave somebody off. I won't make somebody mad. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know what's interesting, Rick, is you said that you went to Sherman to Ben Davis, and you felt like you were with a rock star. Uh, I, I ran uh, I ran a couple of finish line stores after I graduated from Indiana State University, and like you all know, everybody out there knows I was not highly skilled at the game of ball. But uh, I, I I picked up on uh, bringing ball players to work for me because hey, they they wear basketball shoes, they can sell basketball shoes at the finish line. So I remember one team we had together. We had, I had Scotty Hicks, I had John Sherman Williams. And I had Mike Land, who uh, uh, played with Eddie Bird down at uh, Springs right. Valley. And I, all I had to do was just all I wa- I walked on that court thinking, uh huh, right, yeah, <laughs> yep, I understand. Yeah. Um, let, let's go. now now both of you same question for both of you, and I'll have Rick go first, and then you, Sherm. But uh, you're 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 in your seventh and eighth grade year, and you're getting ready to go into high school. Um, uh, was there anticipation for that? Did you already know the coach at the high school level? Uh, had you chatted? Was it a, is it, what kind of a transition was it from junior high into high school? And you go first, Rick. Well, there was some turnover at my high school, um, leading up to, uh, when I was in junior high, we, we weren't very good. Uh, my brother graduated, like I said, six years before me, they were really good. And then, and then, uh, we had a new coach, and, and the, the teams weren't as successful. And so, growing up, I mean, I just, I don't, I don't even remember thinking about playing at the, you know, college level or, or or anything like that. I just remember playing at that level, you know, trying to be the best I could be at that level. And uh, growing up, 
uh, I always wanted to be the best player in my class, you know. And then when I was the best player in my class, I wanted to be the best player uh, in in my school. And then I wanted to be the best player in my county. And then, you know, just you, you keep just ticking off um, goals and, and, and setting new goals, but you don't really think about great big picture. I'm going to go play Division One, or I'm going to go do this or I'm going to go do that. You have no idea uh, what you're capable of. I was just in the element trying to trying to be the best I could be and, and so junior high, I was, I was, I think I was the third leading scorer on my junior high team. You know, junior high, and I'm a middle school athletic director. Junior high is a is a very uh, different time because you've got all kinds of different guys developing at different ages. I, I know the leading scorer on my eighth grade team was about five ten, could jump up and touch the rim, uh, played inside. He was a bull in a china shop, and he was the leading scorer on our team, but. You know, when he's a senior in high school, he was 5'10". And, you know, I mean, he hadn't grown a bit because he was fully mature in middle school. So, so you know, it, it was just a process trying to get to the high school level. And as a freshman, I played on the, the junior varsity uh, and then started varsity from my sophomore year on. And how about you, Sherm? Talk about your transition from junior high into high school. Well, honestly, I really didn't know what to expect. I know my seventh grade year, I, I didn't get to play. Uh, and, you know, that uh, transition, just Washington period, just being uh, in that school, you know, the tradition of the ball players they had, they had a lot of great ball players that were uh, either, you know, seventh grade with me or ahead of me. So my seventh grade year, I didn't get to play. And I came back as an eighth grader and got to play uh, a lot more. And so, um, with that being said, after that was over with, I didn't really know what to expect, you know, transitioning over to, uh, to high school. I had never, ever, uh, at the time had, hadn't met the high school coach. And, uh, but once I met him, he kind of, uh, you know, asked me that I want to, uh, play, uh, JV and, um, you know, as a freshman. And so I was like, sure. And, uh, but I just knew that, and, and even then, I didn't know what to expect because, again, it was so much talent over there. But I know that um, I found out, like in high school, compared to middle school, you had to really just kind of bring it every day. And, and if not, you could, you know, find yourself not getting a play or sitting on the bench. But I think me playing JV as a freshman kind of helped my confidence to know that I can't play over at a school like Washington. And even back then, the whole city was pretty good. I mean, all the teams, you can go from – you know, your, your top teams, which was Broad Ripple, was one of the better teams, How, but then you can also go to Marshall, who could have been on any given night beating any team in the state. So, um, you know, just that, playing that JV my first year kind of helped my confidence. And then the next three years, I was able to be a starter. What was your first year like, Rick, at Clinton Central? Uh, on the varsity? Uh, now, was that, uh, I mean, your, your first year oh, in high school, the- yeah. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. Well, my freshman year, I was on the JV. Okay. And uh, and we had a bunch of seniors on the varsity, um, and and so I dressed for the sectional, but I never I never stepped on the court as a freshman. And then my sophomore year, uh, I remember one of my friends saying, "How do you know where do you see yourself this year?" And I said, "Well, I, I think I'll be on the varsity." And uh, and um, you know, I should, I, you know, I should play, I should play a little bit, you know, and he goes, are you kidding me? You're starting. 
and uh, I never, I never really thought about it. Um, and from, but from then on, I did. I re, I'll never forget it because from then on, I prepared myself to be a starter. I, you know, I wasn't even thinking that I would go from, you know, starting on the the JV as a freshman to starting varsity as a sophomore. So I didn't really think about it. And then he told me, because you're starting. And I said, okay, he was just another player. He he wasn't a coach or anything, but I believed him. And he was right. And, uh, but I I was so little, I mean, I, I, I was so skinny and weak, uh, but I could shoot it and uh, I had fundamentals. So, so I was able to, able to do pretty well. How well did you guys do your sophomore year uh, once you started starting? Well, I mean, we we finished the regular season. We got beat by every sectional team in the regular se- during the regular season. Um, but we, you know, when I was a when I was a sophomore, my at the beginning of the year, I wasn't, I, you know, I was getting ten, twelve points a game, uh, at probably the first ten games, and then the last ten games, you know, I had. I, I kind of figured things out, and I started getting in the 20s. So I ended up averaging almost 18 points my sophomore year, but just really kind of skewed numbers because it wasn't 18 every night. It was 10, 12 at the beginning of the season and then a bunch more at the end of the season. Um, but we ended up winning the sectional, and it was a it was a, an amazing deal because our school had not won a sectional in – nine years and they hadn't won a sectional or they, yeah. And they hadn't won a sectional game in a long time either. And so we go into the sectional and we've been beat by every team during the regular season. And, uh, we, 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 we won a close one on Friday night and go into the championship against Tipton and Tipton, you know, they started six, eight, six, 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 five. And then they had two really good guards. And uh, they had some six fives and six sixes off the pitch. We had no business playing with them. They were a lot better than us, but they thought the game was over before it was played. And we went out and jumped on them and and held on to win. I think, um, but that was that was a big catalyst for our whole school uh, because we got the we've been we've been getting beat quite a bit in that Frankfurt sectional forever, and uh, for us to come in and and win a sectional uh, title first time well I, I guess it was the first time in 13 years we'd won a sectional title first time in nine years we'd won a game in the sectional and we won the whole thing that was my sophomore year but we were under 500 that's how bad we were at the beginning of the year uh, Sherm what was your sophomore year like and you, uh, you know you, you became a starter for Washington and kind of in that time period was kind of a you know besides you know the Oscar Robertson days back in the 50s that was pretty much a golden era when you played at Washington uh, for the Indianapolis area because there was so much competition and so much talent but what was it what was it like your sophomore year and taking to the court and you know some of the teams you played and how well you did that sophomore year and did you get on the radar of any college teams uh, during your sophomore year uh, yeah I uh, well again I didn't know you know I had said mentioned I had started my sophomore junior and, and senior year but going into my sophomore year, I didn't have really no idea that I would, would start. I didn't really know what to expect, but I ended up being the starter. And we were very young. We had one senior uh, that year on the team, if I'm not mistaken. And and he and if we had two, the other one probably didn't play that much. But I remember uh, we had a, a senior uh, starter, and then the rest of us were, you know, junior and sophomores. 
And so we were very young, inexperienced. And again, the city was, was just very competitive and very good. Uh, and so we, we kind of took our lumps. Uh, we played about 500 ball uh, pretty much the whole season. But we did have some quality wins. I remember Broad Ripper was ranked number one in the state. And we they had beat us in the city. And then we came back a week later and beat them. And I think that was one of their only two losses that year as they went on to win state. And so uh, we have some good quality wins. But yet still, our uh, youth kind of just really – uh, would catch up with us in some of the games. So we end up being, I think, uh, 12 and 10 going into the sectional. And I don't even believe we were favored to win the sectional. I think Pike was. Pike had uh, uh, David Gaddis, who went on to have a good career at SMU, and he had his uh, younger brother, Mac. And they had some experience, and I believe they might have been favored to win it. And we ended up beating them uh, in, I think, the first round or second round. And then we came back to uh, play Ben Davis in the championship uh, for the uh, sectional championship. And Ben Davis had beat us earlier in the regular season, so they were favored, but we ended up pulling that off. And uh, so uh, to win a sectional, which, you know, Washington, again, with the tradition that they had uh, in the 70s, I think they had won a couple sectionals. And even before I got there, they had won a sectional championship, I think, my eighth grade year when uh, I was at the middle school. So it wasn't really a surprise per se of them winning a sectional, but it was kind of a surprise that with us being so young and inexperienced that we were able to pull it off. So we ended up being 15 to 10 that year and pretty much with everybody back. That got us uh, top two or three preseason going into my junior year. So I think my sophomore year was uh, definitely a, uh, a learning experience, but uh, it was experience where towards the end we got better. And like I said, we ended up surprising people and, and winning the sectional. Got beaten the regional first uh, morning game by Broad Ripple, who went on to win state. You know, my goal on the show is to get you to say Broad Ripple at least 15 times. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know Rick hasn't said the words Broad Ripple yet, but I will have him say that before the end of the program. <laughs> Uh, uh, Rick, Rick, take us take us into your junior year. So you won the sectional as uh, as a sophomore. Uh, so you probably had high expectations for your junior year. And when did you get on yep. the co- and when did you get on the college radar uh, uh, for, with basketball coaches and scouts? And also, let us know the atmosphere of a Clinton Central basketball game when you're playing a rival. Oh boy, um, remind me of that question that when I get through talking about the first. But my junior year. We got a new coach. Um, we had some turmoil with the coach my sophomore year. Coach left after 17 games, had some personal issues. So the JV coach kind of took over, and we won the sectional with the JV coach there my sophomore year. But they didn't hire him. They hired another guy who was like 23 years old at the time to coach us my junior year. So we started off, and we're playing – uh, Tipton, who we just beat in the sectional the year before, so they they won a little revenge and they whooped us really bad and and um, and then we went and played another school and we just played awful. So we start the season off my junior year 0 and two, uh, and this is this is a great story. But we're driving home on the bus and our next game is Frankfurt, which was our our rival. I mean, you know that that was our 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 team, you know, that that we wanted to beat and and uh, we got them up and we're 0 and two and we're right driving home and the bus breaks down. It's like, man, can it get any worse? And uh so we're sitting on the bus and one of my friends who was kind of the leader of the team that year, he was a senior, and he said, We don't beat Frankfurt, I'm quitting. Well, 
we knew he wasn't quitting, so we kind of got in our minds we were going to get beat by Frankfurt. <clears throat> and so we ended up, we put it on Frankfurt pretty good and then uh, went through the rest of the season, ended up 15-5 and five regular season, uh, went the long way in the sectional, had to win three to win the sectional. We won the sectional, and then we went into the regional. And I think the, the experience of, of, of playing in the regional the year before really helped us. We got beat, like Sherb said. His team did. We got beat in the morning game of the of the regional. Uh, my so- sophomore year, so my junior year, we were we were prepared mentally to win it. You know, we didn't want to go in there and be one and done again. And and so we ended up winning uh, two games in uh, the regional and played in the semi-state my junior year um, against Lafayette Jeff. In that in that semi-state, it was Lafayette Jeff uh, Carmel. Who had uh, Tim McRoberts, and then Andrean had uh, Dan Dockich and uh, Bullock, who played for Purdue. So it was a really good semi-state. We ended up getting beat in the semi-state, but we ended up the season twenty and six. So, uh, so we had a we had a pretty good run there at the end of the year. Uh, as far as what was it like playing, and uh, the the crowd was unbelievable. First of all, the, the sectional was at Frankfurt, and I don't know if you've ever been to the gym at Frankfurt, but it's it's it, it's more like a, a college-type deal because it's circular. Uh, it would seat 5,500. I don't know how many they got in there for the sectional, uh, but I'll bet it was more than that. But our school colors were green and white, and we'd sell our tickets in a heartbeat, and then, then people would you know be buying up the – the other schools tickets so you would see our little corner of the gym sectional all green and then you'd see all these pockets of 20 30 40 people sitting in a group with green on all up throughout the gym but it was just it, the, the fan base i mean i think everybody went to games uh it was it was phenomenal uh it was fun uh people were into it they were into it all week and uh it was a great atmosphere for high school basketball. Uh, were you on the radar? Or did you get any uh, interest from colleges your uh, junior year, Rick? You know, they just just basically, I think letters and talking to my dad and talking to my coach. I mean, my dad um, was really uh, really smart, and he kept me from getting a big head. So uh, when people were were talking about me. He'd never in a million years let me know it. And so I I really didn't know about much until my senior year when coaches started coming and uh, and calling and, and doing all that stuff. But my junior year, they were in contact, but they were in contact with the coach, and they didn't tell me about it. You know, it was – and now back over to Sherm, you know, it was my – it was I was in eighth grade. And uh, I, my family, of course, I was raised over in the Hallville area for uh, a couple of years before we moved to the Broderpool area. And uh, I got to go to a couple of games and watch Sherm play in high school. And uh, I, I would say it was it probably is the same thing that you're saying, Rick, about, you know, the intensity and, and the crowd that you had. But Sherm, tell us your thought process sometimes when you would come out, you know, once, you know, uh, you guys had a, a great team and you come out your junior year some of those crowds that you saw and even your home crowd or even your away, even some of your away games, probably uh, there were more people than you had at your home games. 
unbelievable. Uh, again, like I said, my sophomore year, we, we were uh, just had one senior. And so we come back the next year, and we were ranked third, I think, preseason. It might have been second. I think Marion was up there, and I forget the other team, all Anderson, Madison Heights. And I think we were third. And so uh, we uh, had high expectations. And Anderson, Madison Heights was one of the teams that we had played uh, during that year. They had uh, Stu Robinson and Winston Morgan had a real good team. And then we ended up uh, playing Vincennes, uh, which had a guy named Bill Crook. And they had eventually went on to win state my junior year. But uh, we were able to play in some hostile, with some, with some hostile environments. And just, again, just the city back then was so competitive. So I remember playing uh, like Howell. Uh, who that year was ranked in the top four and uh, four or five, and we played in the sellout crowd, uh, and that was at Washington. But two things that stuck out um, my junior year, we played Madison Heights, and I remember like an hour before the game, I think it was like uh, either an hour before our game or in the middle of the JV game, it was like literally sold out. And um, everybody was anticipating this matchup of two uh, top five teams, and they just, I think, if I'm not mistaken, they beat us. They kind of put it to us, and then we come back, I think that next uh, day or either sometime that we can play Vincennes. And we didn't know what to expect. We didn't really realize how good they were. And we went down to Vincennes and played them. And uh, I remember they just kind of ran us out the gym. And, and so it was kind of, you know, you look back on it and like, wow, we, we were a top three team preseason and we can't, you know, we're getting beat by these good teams. How are we going to win state? And, uh, but, you know, it, it is what it is. Uh, but, yeah, I was able to, again, play in some – uh, believable, unbelievable atmospheres and uh, sold out, you know, venues where, you know, standing room only. And uh, we just didn't really fare well on the expectations. We didn't achieve those. We ended up getting beaten a sectional uh, second game by uh, Ben Davis and uh, my junior year. So it was kind of like a disappointing junior year, but getting still to be able to play in front of those big crowds was a lot of fun. Rick, tell us about your senior year. And uh, when you started getting heavy college stuff, and when did you make your decision to go to Indiana State? And would you, is there a possibility, is there a story of a possibility that you would have been wearing a different jersey rather than being a Sycamore jersey? Well, I mean, I was recruited um, my senior year um, by Indiana State, Purdue, Illinois State, uh, those were the three that, that, um, I was really serious about, I guess. Um, I grew up, my dad graduated from Purdue. My sister was attending Purdue. Um, so that was probably the front runner, uh, going in was to go play at Purdue. But, uh, that was my senior year was Katie's first year. And he just came in as their, their, their coach the first, it was his first year and I was being recruited by uh coach Williams um and um and so they I mean they were recruiting me but I wasn't getting the attention from Katie I was getting it from uh Bob King and uh coach Williams the one of the assistants and and they were coming to games and calling and sending letters and saying nice things and doing all this stuff. But I really didn't feel like, you know, I was hearing from Coach Katie. Um, and I went over, I remember going over to a visit at Purdue and they were playing Ohio State. Ohio State had Herb Williams, Clark Kellogg, Granville Waiters, Kelvin Ramsey. I mean, they were tough. 
and Purdue ended up beating them that day. But I, I was I was over there for that, and I met Coach Katie after the game. And you know, he was he was busy, and you know, after, after a game, he's got to do radio and he's got to do TV and all that stuff. And and so I really just didn't feel like he was as interested. And then Indiana State's Coach Hodges, you know, of my twenty games my senior year, Indiana State sent a coach to nine of them. And and so uh and, and Coach Hodges was the head coach at the time. He came to four himself. Um and and so and I knew that they wanted me. And I, I, I didn't care really where I played. I just wanted to play. And and so I felt like uh I I really felt like I was gonna have an opportunity and he didn't promise me anything. He just said, if you're better than everybody, you'll play. I don't care if you're a freshman, sophomore, junior, senior, I'm going to play the best players. And, you know, as, as a, as a competitor, that's all you want is a, is a chance. And so, so that, that was a pretty easy decision for me uh, with, with all the attention that they gave me. And uh, so with them coming to that many games and, you know, when when the coach is sitting in your living room talking to your parents, I mean, Coach Hodges was a great guy to talk to, very personable. He and Coach Bird, so obviously he's got some good Larry stories and things like that, but it was a real easy decision. Sherm, how about you? Tell us about oh, – no, Rick, how far did you get your senior – did you also win sectional your senior year also? Uh, no. Um, I didn't want to talk about that. But, uh <laughs> Um, yeah, we were ranked, we were ranked 10th in the state. We ended up the season 19 and one and, uh, and we, we, we beat some really good teams. We were, we were pretty good. Um, but, um, we got in the sectional and we, and, and the only team to beat us regular season, we drew in the sectional and we beat them by, uh, I think 17. So we got our revenge there. Uh, but a team we'd, we beat two times earlier in the year. They were both really close games. Uh, nipped us uh, in the in the sectional, and and so we got beat my senior year, which was which was a, a tough pill to swallow. But you know, in looking back, you know, I think it was probably um, a good thing for me, you know, um, because it, it refocused me and and. Uh, got me back on the ground, I, I guess, a little bit and back in the gym working harder as ever to, to try to get to the next level. And uh, as soon as we got beat, though, I mean, I, I, I went to – I didn't go to – we got beat on Friday night, so the sectional championships on Saturday night. And I went to Indiana State uh, Saturday and went and watched uh, the Sycamores play. So it was good therapy uh, to, to, to not go back into that gym and – and do that. I went back down to Indiana State and watched them play that night. Sherm, tell us about your senior year and and who courted you during your senior year. Why did you choose Indiana State? And I think you also have a Bobby Knight story that you can share, if I'm not if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> oh man, I don't know. Well, uh, going into my senior year, uh, we didn't know what to expect. We had lost uh, uh, a lot of seniors uh, the pre my junior year. And so we were, uh, it was me and maybe three or four other seniors. And so we were pretty young and those seniors with me hadn't had a lot of playing experience. So, uh, but we still, I think was a top 10 team, uh, uh, going into the season. And, 
you know, we, we started off well. I got beat by a couple pretty good teams. I think Howell beat us when they were ranked number one in the state. And and then uh, Cathedral, when they were ranked, I think, two in the state. I mean, you had three teams that were uh, in the city that were ranked in the top uh, top ten. So you, that lets you know how competitive it was. Uh, we were able to actually uh, come back and beat Cathedral when they were ranked number one uh, in the state that year. So we had some good quality wins. I think we uh, had lost to Ben Davis that year when they were ranked third in the state and they were in our sectional. And so, uh, you know, the competitiveness was there. And, and so we, we had some good regular season games that kind of prepared us for the sectional. And we didn't really know what to expect. I believe Ben Davis was actually favored to win that sectional. They had lost their first game of the year to Pike. And then they ended up winning like 23 in a row or 24 in a row. So they had clammed as high as I think third in the state and stayed there pretty much. And then Pike was in our section who had a Matt Gaddis who went on to have a good career at Purdue. They were ranked, I think, in the top 15. And, and then you had Northwest, which had a good team. So it was kind of up for grabs, but I think Ben Davis had a slight edge. Uh, but we ended up pulling it off. We ended up winning a sectional um, my senior year, and we went on to get beat by a talented uh, cathedral team, with Scotty Hicks and Kenny Ball on those guys in the uh, regional championship. But it wasn't until the regional in state uh, which at the time I made a transition in coaches. Dave Shellhouse took over for Coach Hodges. And Coach Hodges did recruit me a little bit, but really the team that was expressing a lot of interest was uh, Ball State, and they had a guy named Steve Yoder at the time who uh, was – they came down to some of my games, and then Evansville was one of the other teams that was in the mix. Uh, I'll get to the Bobby Knight story in a, moment, in a minute. But uh, So Dave Shellhouse and them, their first time – Actually, see his first time actually seeing me play, I believe, was in that regional tournament, and because he had, you know, got hired pretty late, and so uh, he really right away expressed interest, and he kind of like what Rick was told. Uh, he just, you know, had pretty much said that if I would come there, I would get a chance to play right away. He didn't promise I would start anything. He just said I would just get a chance to play. He would give me a chance to play. So that was kind of one of the factors. I wanted to stay close to home because my parents were very instrumental and. In, you know, my high school career coming to see me and support me, but I still at the time didn't have no idea that I would be choosing Indiana State. And even, even though our season was over with, I still was kind of undecided. And I did take a trip there in Indiana State along with Ball State. And so it really came down to those two. And I think kind of what maybe helped was that Steve Yoder ended up leaving Ball State and he took a, a coaching job in Wisconsin. And he wanted me to actually come down to Wisconsin uh, like, you know, a couple of days to, to visit, but I just wasn't interested. And so I think that's what kind of opened up the door for Indiana State. Uh, my junior year, I'll tell you the Bobby Knight story. I went to uh, uh, Bobby Knight's camp uh, down at IU, and, and he wasn't hardly ever there. He had most of his, you know, assistants, and I don't really even recall uh, too many of the players back then working it, but uh, he would show up every now and then. But uh, one of the days he had one of the assistants to come and get me and to having me, uh, me to meet in his office and I go in his office and I'm just intimidated, you know, uh, just growing up watching IU and, and just the success that they had. And uh, they had recruited me and, and they were recruiting me pretty heavy. Uh, but anyway, he had me come in his office and he's sitting in his chair with his legs crossed and pretty big guy. And, you know, seeing him in person, you realize how big he is. And, you know, he just tells me they're going to come and see me play and, you know, make sure that, uh, you know, I keep my grades and, and just stay on top of my grades. And, and I'm intimidated. I didn't say it in the whole time. I'm just, you know, just in awe. And so he was like, you know, you got anything to say? And I'm like, no. He said, well, you can leave. So 
I turn around to walk out and leave, and next thing you know, I don't know what size shoe he wore, but it ended up being in the bottom of my rear end. He kicks me. <laughs> that right there let me know I wasn't going to go to IU. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yep, that was the end of my IU adventure. <laughs> Oh, that's great. Oh, man, that was awesome, man. That is awesome. We're going to have to use that as a bumper. That is awesome. Okay, uh, uh, Rick, so you're there. Hey. Uh, you get there a year before Sherm, right? Hey, I, I, I just want to mention real quick about my senior year. I think the team that won at my senior year was Broad Ripple. <laughs> <laughs> so I wanted to make sure I said that. <laughs> oh, oh, oh man. man! I'm like I'm like, a, I'm like a dark Sith training young Padawans to the dark side. That's very nice. That's very nice. I, 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 it is complete now. Um, so Rick, you you got to Indiana State a year before Sherm did, right? Correct. Okay. Uh, so tell us, you know, you you just get, you're hopping off the high school campus. You're getting on to uh, Indiana State University. What were the thoughts going through your head? Was it like uh, what you thought it was going to be? And, and what were the first couple games uh, like and your rotation and your playing time? Well, um, first of all, I mean, I got down there and we had so many new guys. Uh, they, had, they had really put the pressure on Coach Hodges to, to produce. And, and so he was bringing in a bunch of JUCOs and, you know, he was, he was bringing in a bunch of new guys and, and, um, and so he only had of the 11 new players on the team, only two of us were freshmen. So we had nine JUCOs. So our our pickup games in that fall were unreal because you had a bunch of guys that scored a bunch of points of all these JUCOs. And, I mean, if you got the ball, it was like, you know, touching a piece of gold. Um, it, it, it was it was amazing, but there was a lot of talent, but we just didn't mesh because we were all new and and uh, and so it was kind of a, a struggle of a year. And um, but you know my my freshman year, and I was recruited as a two guard. Uh, I mean I I would play point guard for one quarter each game in high school just to give our point guard a a little bit of break off the ball, but. I was recruited as a two, uh, but we really didn't have a point guard. And so Coach Hodges said to me, he goes, hey, do you want to play a point? I'm like, uh, yeah, <laughs> I want to play. And, and um, so so I went to point guard, but I'll, I'll never forget the, the first game we were playing this foreign team, um, and it's the first game as an exhibition game, but it was some, you know, and – and so we go in the locker room. I don't think I'm in the mix whatsoever. We come out for the start of the game. Well, I left my warm-up pants on. And and this was before they had the snap pants, you know. So I just left my pants on because I didn't think I was going to play in the first half at all. And so I'm sitting down there, and about six, eight minutes into the game, Coach Hodges hollers down Rick. And seriously, I I couldn't hardly get my pants off to get checked into the game. And, and so, uh, but I got in the mix pretty quick, uh, made a couple plays right away uh, with some, some assists that got me comfortable. Uh, but basically my freshman year was basically bringing the ball up the court, getting it to the guys, uh, you know, 
handling pressure, uh, didn't score a lot, uh, but 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 you know just trying to be a distributor of the basketball and play play uh, play smart basketball and keep from turning it over. That was my freshman year, uh, and then Coach Hodges resigned, and then Coach Shaw's came in, and when Coach Shaw's came in, so did Sherm, and uh, that was my that was the beginning of my sophomore year. Uh, tell us about when you and Sherm first met. You go first, Rick, and then you, Sherm. See if you guys have have a different uh, remembrance of the of, of the scenario. Well, I mean, the first time you meet is is on the court because uh, you know they get you together and and um, and you know they have a little meeting. And say, okay, we're going to play every day at two o'clock or whatever time it was. I don't even remember three o'clock maybe. And so yeah. I just re- I just remember God, I-, I couldn't believe how good he was. Like where where did this guy come from? I mean, I knew where he could- came from, but holy cow, he could he could shoot it, he could score it, he could rebound. He I mean, and and then, you know, like my gosh, this guy's unbelievable. I remember calling my dad saying, "Hey, this this John Sherman Williams is unbelievable." And and I just remember every once in a while we'd get hooked up on the same team, and Sherm could jump, and I could pass, and uh, and and I'd throw I'd throw some lobs to Sherm that nobody in the world could get but Sherm, and uh, we had an instant connection I felt like uh, on the basketball court, um, and you know you when you're when you're a guy that can pass, the guys that can score. Uh, figure out that you're you're willing to give up the ball pretty quick, and they become your friends. So Sherman and I became pretty good friends right off the bat. Sherman, your recollections of your uh, first uh, first experiences with Rick? Yeah, it was on the basketball court. And I believe we might have even been at the boys' club. Uh, I oh, just remember, yeah, we were over at the boys' club playing, and uh, I just remember that Rick was, and I had heard about him and, and Scott Muggs in, in high school. Uh, I know Scott Muggs was a great scorer at the school he was at. And, you know, and so, you know, just hearing about those guys, but never getting a chance to personally meet them. But I just remember Rick being able to shoot. I mean, you know, you, they talk about Rick Mount, but then you get, you got Rick Fields and just being an unbelievable shooter. But then you, he's right. I realized that he could pass. And so right away, if you know that a guy can pass, uh, you want to become his friend for friends, especially if you a score. And so we just kind of somehow or another end up having like this uh, connection. Like he said, like even during my freshman year, we kind of just kind of hit it off and we would kind of make eye contact and he would, he would just throw lobs to me. And, uh, but even with that though, he was, could have been just as good as a two guard if they would have permanently played him there. Cause he shot the ball so well. And, uh, you know, he was one of those guys that you can set multiple screens for and, and and I don't even think we had three pointers at the time. If we did, I mean that would have been that would have been a lethal weapon that we would have had in Rick. So I just remember him being an unbelievable shooter, but he was an extremely smart player, and he used his body real well. I mean, just being a point guard, and we and back then the Valley had some very good teams. Uh, we had a very good non-conference schedule, and so you know he did a very good job you know, of, of controlling our team and, and, and providing the leadership, even as a sophomore that we needed uh, that year. And we were pretty much young. I think we, my freshman year, when I get there on campus, we were supposed to have, you know, these guys that 
were uh, that Rick might have played with. And uh, I get there, and you hear about these guys either leaving or, or fucking out. So we were pretty young. We had a couple of walk-ons, and but yet still, I thought Rick did a tremendous uh, job playing the point guard for us and and getting the right people to ball and then hitting his shot, you know, when needed. So it was it was definitely uh, one of those things where we kind of hit it off right away. Uh, before Coach Shellhouse comes on, uh, were you guys just miss, missing a couple of pieces? Did you guys did you guys chat your sophomore year? Did you guys think that you had something special, or did you, was there did you guys need a big man, or uh, you know, or, and or how you know how did the season end? But did you think it should have uh, uh, ended on a different scenario or a different way? I I feel like that year um, it was. Coach Shaw is putting in his system, okay, and um, and I'll tell you, offensively, uh, there weren't many teams better than us. I mean, we could we could fill it up, we could score, we ran, we got up and down the 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 court. It was fun, um, but I felt like we just we didn't guard well enough to to beat the really good teams in the valley. I mean, like Sherm said, the valley. Uh, go back and research it. Um, you know, you had uh, Nolan Richardson, Tulsa, uh, you know, 40 minutes of hell. You had Wichita State, you know, Wichita State, Antoine Carr, Cliff Livingston, Xavier McDaniel, Aubrey Sherrod. Uh, they were phenomenal, phenomenal team. Uh, Illinois State was always, the you know, one of the best coach teams uh, over there. And, and Sherm's cousin, Ricky, Ricky Johnson, played over there. So there was always a little bit of extra special on that game with Sherm and Ricky. Um, and uh, that was, I mean, they were, they were phenomenal. Bradley, uh, Bradley was really good. And they had, uh, they had some really good players uh, along, along the years uh, there that, that I was at Indiana State. Just, just phenomenal. I'm, I, oh, Creighton had, uh, Willis Reed was the coach. Benoit Benjamin was the mm-hmm. seven-foot center. For, yeah. for Creighton, uh, I mean, they're just they're, there was a lot of talent in the valley, and like Sherm said, we were young. Uh, I don't think we really realized how to win. Um, we didn't realize how to how to win on the road, especially. We we held our own at home, but we didn't really realize how to win. But man, we could score. We could get up and down the floor. We we could put the ball in the basket. Um, you know, so so yeah. I, I don't know what Sherm thinks about that year, but that's what I think about it. Hello, uh, Coach Shellhouse, are you with uh, us? Okay, yeah, <laughs> yeah, Coach. I'm on here. Yeah, Hi, Coach. <laughs> Coach, how you doing? I'm doing real well. How are you? Hey, doing okay. Thanks. Good. Sherm was just filling us in on his freshman year, Rick's sophomore year, when your system was just put into. To place, and he's getting ready to tell us about you know uh, what piece you guys were missing uh, for uh, Sherm's uh, freshman year, and he's going to talk about the MVC a little bit, and then coach, if you want to jump in and talk a little bit about you taking the job over and first meeting Rick and Sherm, that would be fantastic. Yeah, that'd be great. Okay, go ahead, Sherm. Uh, yeah, I agree with Rick. We 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 were very young, uh, and I mean I, you know, didn't know what to expect my freshman year in terms of you know coming. Uh, on campus and playing for Indiana State, I, I, again, I just know that Coach Shelton said I would get a chance to play, but I started and, and played some significant minutes against some very talented uh, uh, teams. And so it was just 
for me, it was it was uh, the system was great that that Coach Shellhouse implemented. I mean, like Rick said, we were able to get up and down and score. Uh, and uh, but I just think our inexperience. I think we might have had maybe one or two seniors. I, I do know we had a, a senior starter in Jamie Smith, who was kind of like uh, uh, one of the guys that actually played even the previous year a lot of minutes. So. But with that being said, I just don't think we were experienced just personally. And so those close ball games, and like Rick said, I don't think we defended well enough in those games to beat the real competitive teams. But, man, we, we, could, we could score with the best of them and, and, and poured in a lot of points. And so the system was fun, and to get up and down was a lot of fun. And, uh, again, but I just think our inexperience kind of hurt at times. I do know that our, our scoring average was in the top ten in the nation that year yeah mm-hmm. coach you want to uh slide in there yeah i do want to slide in there uh you know first of all sherm nice to talk to you i haven't talked to you in many many years and yeah uh, good hearing your voice coach good hearing you, your voice yeah you sound great um uh rick i've talked to a few times but i've seen him around and uh, know what he's up to uh, yeah. yeah, that was an uh, interesting thing. I, I'll tell you a couple of uh, stories about that. When I first got there, you, uh, Rick, you probably remember him. I never even hardly knew him. Uh, Ken Bannister? Oh, yeah. Okay, this guy was a big guy. Uh, Billy, you'll get a kick out of this. And he was ineligible. And uh, we were had him in summer school. And I... Uh, we made sure he got to school, and then when we did a grade check, we found out he was going in the front door and going out the back. <laughs> and uh, so he didn't play, and I didn't think a whole lot about him. I mean, he was a big, kind of scary-looking guy, wasn't he, Rick? And, uh, and I wind up two years later, he, he leads the team St. Augustine's uh, to the NCAA Division II National Champion, and actually was the starting center for the Knicks till, yeah. uh, for a mm-hmm. while. Yep. So, you mm-hmm. know, they were, and then James Smith was a good player, and those were the only two. Now, Rick, uh, uh, everybody else was underclassmen. Right. Yeah. Uh, and I was uh, sharing with someone, um, I felt very fortunate. The rules then did not allow people to sign until April. And after I'd gotten the job, Earl Diddle, who was on the staff, uh, I remember on the sectional uh, Saturday night, I came down. My team was still playing up in Minnesota, but I came down for the weekends, and we saw Myron Christian play on the sectional. And then in the regional, the next week, I saw Jeff McComb in the afternoon, and that was the first time I'd seen Sherm um, that night. I think it was against Cathedral. Yes. Mm-hmm. And uh, all we got all three of those guys, and nowadays they probably would have been long gone uh, <laughs> by that time of the year. Yeah. Um, and uh, Sherman's right. You know, he walked in, and he was uh, a starter right away. Uh, Rick had played the year before, and uh, it was pretty clear from everyone I talked to that he was going to be a player for us. And and I enjoyed that uh, year, and it was it, we kind of surprised some teams, but as uh, Sherm says, late in the year they kind of had our number. 
Uh, I can remember the very first weekend of the Valley season going to Tulsa and losing in overtime uh, to Nolan Richardson's team, and then the very next night or the two days later losing to West Texas in overtime. So we were competitive, but, uh, again, uh, we were awful young. Rick, what was your highest-scoring affair uh, or your, you know, your – your your favorite your favorite game that you kind of replay in your mind occasionally just be, you know when you reminisce. Well, my my highest scoring affair isn't my favorite, um, but my highest scoring affair Coach Shellhouse will remember because we went down to Evansville. It was my sophomore year, Sherm's freshman year, and um, I couldn't make a shot in warm up. I mean, I could not make a shot and. I, I'll never forget it because the horn sounds for us to go get announced, and I've got a manager out there re- rebounding for me. I'm trying to make a shot. And um, and so finally we get in the game, they come out in the zone, and I couldn't miss a shot. So I had a, I had a, I had a decent night that night uh, and had 32 at Evansville, and, and um, that's when Coach fell in love with me because Evansville was his stomping grounds. He was pretty fired up about that win. <laughs> Sherm, how about you? Tell us about your uh, favorite, uh, you know, your, your highest scoring affair or when you the back, the, the bucket looked like, a, looked like a, a swimming pool and you, you could do no wrong. Uh, I, well, my highest scoring game, I believe, was my junior year. Uh, we played West Texas State, and they kind of were similar to us. They like to get up and down a lot, so it was like a shootout. And um, I remember that game uh, having 47 points, and and uh, and I think we might even won that game. But yeah, that was that was uh, you know my highest scoring game. But I, the game that stood out to me that was a big win was when I believe Tulsa came. Uh, I think my junior year, and they were ranked in the top ten. They might have been ranked eighth or ninth in the country, and we ended up beating them that that uh, that year. And so that was kind of like the highlight of uh, as far as just one of the games that stood out uh, during my career there. But yeah, my my high scoring game was against West Texas, and again, I think they contributed a lot to that because of their pace of the game and how they like to get up and down. You know, I think that. that uh, can I go ahead? Go ahead, Coach. That West, that West Texas game, watching Sherm go go for forty seven was that was fun for me. I, I'll never forget that one. And uh, man, you want to talk about on fire? He was on fire. He scored every way you could possibly score. He posted up. He attacked. He hit jumpers. Uh, he got to the free throw line. It was it was a clinic. Uh, and and but it was a close game all the way through. It wasn't a blowout at all. I mean. And I always respect guys that go out when they, when they, uh, you know, you, you see guys go out and get 40 or 50 points when they're up 20 or up 30. That doesn't impress me as much as when it's a shootout like that was, where it's back and forth and we need a bucket and Sherm just kept getting them. And, and so that game was really, really impressive. Well, that was, uh, you know, I'm sure that you may have touched on that already, but that was, uh, you know, a pretty tough league in, in those years. Uh, I can remember Willis Reed was at Creighton, and he had brought in a big guy named Benoit Benjamin, uh, Tulsa, Nolan Richardson before he went to Arkansas. 
they could really get up and down the court. And we were able to beat them a few times, mainly because they like to play like we did. Um, Bradley, Dick Versace had uh, Hershey Hawkins, Boise Winters. Uh, uh, Wichita had Xavier McDaniel. I mean, it, every night, Illinois State was good. Uh, it was uh, a pretty darn tough league every night. And when you have a young team, you know, as Sherm says, you, you're, you're going against some guys that can play, guys that had NBA careers. Rick, was that uh, was the Vanderbilt game uh, with Coach Shellhouse, or was that with uh, Coach Hodges? No, uh, Vanderbilt was my senior year, um, and late my junior year, uh, Coach came to me and he said, "Hey, I'm thinking about bringing you off the bench," and I said, "I, I don't care, whatever," <laughs> and uh, and so because I was playing, you know, I was I was playing of the. 40 minutes. I was always playing about 32, 33 minutes. So I just sit and watch for a few minutes and he put me in. I'd never come out. So it was kind of, kind of even better to come off the bench. But then my senior year, he, he kept that going, but then I got 28 off the bench against Vanderbilt at home. And then he started me after that. Uh, but, but, um, but yeah, Vanderbilt, I, I played Vanderbilt twice, my freshman year and my senior year, and I had good games against them both times. Okay, I'm looking for stories about Sherm, about Rick, Rick about Sherm, coach about Sherm, coach about Rick. Uh, someone just hop on in. Well, I think the big thing with, uh, you know, Rick was solid. You know, he was an assist man, and he could handle the ball, and he had good size, and he knew the game. And, uh, you know, you need somebody out there that can do that. Uh, Sherm, of course, great talent. Um, you know, I wish that I coached him his senior year, but he, he played, I don't think he ever not started a ball game for us and uh, never seemed to really get down. Um, I think that they, uh, obviously, they got along with each other. I'm really glad uh that the players that I coached uh, seem to still be friends and have enjoyed those years. Um, I think we, you know, could have done better eventually, but I think we did uh, pretty well for, we were almost starting over when I went there. And uh, Indiana State, that's a, that's a tough job. Um, it's a tough league for a town with the resources Terre Haute has when you compare it to Omaha or Wichita or Tulsa, uh, those towns of, of Peoria, those towns are much bigger, and uh, uh, you know they're 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 always going to be competitive, even if they have a few down years. Well, I I just remember when Coach came in. Uh, you know, I just went through a tough year with Coach Hodges and him resigning and he, him him recruiting me. Uh, so it was it was tough to, to see him go, but when Coach came in and talked about his system, and then we started practicing, and his system was was it wasn't complex, but man, we, we just drilled it every day. I mean, we worked on five on O fast break every day, and I mean, we got up and down the court, and it was fun. Um, 
that's that's the thing that I I feel like it was it was just so much fun to play at that pace and, and go at it uh, in 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 the valley at that time. You know that was there's a lot of teams that get up and down the court like that. So we had some we had some big games. I think we still have the that uh, we have a West Texas game where it's the, still the highest scoring game in the history of Indiana State. Um, but you know we were we were in the triple digits all the time. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't rare when we got in the triple digits. We were in the triple digits all the time. But you know, when Coach Shaw came in, so did Sherm. So so um, that was a that was a big deal getting Sherm in there. That was a heck of a heck of a first first recruit there, Coach, um, to bring in a guy like John Sherman Williams, and then he brings in like he said Jeff McComb. Which McComb, uh, a lot of people, you know, don't realize how good Jeff was. I mean, he could have he could have scored a lot more points. We couldn't get him to shoot the basketball, but he just right. did everything. I mean, he did. He guarded. He rebounded. He screened. He he you know he did he did so many really good things on the basketball court. He was just so solid for us, uh, and and people didn't even realize how good he was because. You know, Sherm was Sherm was flying through the air, catching lobs and and uh, setting the setting the crowd on fire. Uh, but man, McComb could play. You know, we had uh, James Smith there. Then we brought in well, we had Matt uh, Brundage. Matt Brundage. We brought in Johnny Edwards. Uh, some guys that could really, really play basketball. Um, you know, I I I just. I think, that, like Coach is right, we we were we were in the process of getting everything headed in the right direction and turned around uh, there in that three year process when uh, uh, when when uh, when we were there. I know one win that I loved was we beat Minnesota because they yeah. really romped us the first year. Right. <laughs> hey, 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 Coach, I remember when we. When we got up, well, first of all, they got like a 36-inch snowstorm. We were supposed to fly into Minnesota the day before the game, and we had to stay at the hotel or at the airport Holiday Inn in Indianapolis and fly the day of the game. But I remember rolling into to, to the barn in Minnesota, and we got off the bus, and Coach said, and you're going to have to tell me what the number was, Coach, because I don't remember what it was, but said, I scored like 50-some points in that gym. When you were at Purdue, what was it? No, I wasn't. It wasn't there. I was in Michigan. Michigan. But I, I thought you said I, it was in Minnesota. I, no, I you tell you, I did. Though, uh, I'm, I'm sure many of you have heard of Lou Hudson. Yeah. Uh, Lou Hudson passed away uh, this summer, and I got a call from a guy in Minnesota, a sports writer that wanted to talk about him, and. Uh, the first Big Ten I ever, game I ever played was at Minnesota, and he uh, hit his he he hit his head on the bank board and played the rest of the game with a bandage around his head like he was a uh, swami. Uh, <laughs> oh man! Wow! And this sports writer is reminding me of that. He said, "You remember when Lou hit his head?" And I said, "I don't remember when he hit his head, but I remember that bandage." <laughs> Was there was there was there any place that you guys just despised going, or you really wanted to beat them, or did you guys ever come close to a ruckus or blows? 
while while all three of you guys were together at Indiana State? Somewhere it didn't like. To, well, we had trouble with Wichita because they were awful good. Yeah. I mean, they, they, I'll tell you that was a that was a fun place to play though. I mean, it was. was mm-hmm. That that was loud. Uh, yeah, that's it that dome no dome shaped. Yeah. Your crowds were always good. Yeah, I mean, you go to Tulsa. Tulsa's ranked top ten in the nation, right? And their crowds were like that was like a country club. I mean, they just sit there. They had to they had to be entertained. Wichita, they were rapid fans. They just you know. They want to eat you up. And they've got it going now, too. Yeah, yeah that's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Sherm and Rick, did you ever see Coach, did, did Coach have an angry side? Did you ever get him to see him get teed up? <laughs> I don't know, Sherm, you want to answer that one? Uh, you know what? I don't remember uh, him ever getting teed up, but I know he had a competitive side uh, that, you know, uh, that, brought that out in us. Uh, but as far as the technical, I can't really even recall doing my t- Oh, I never time. got one. Probably never deserved one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't remember him getting that technical, but I do know he was a competitor, and he would, you know, every now and then, he would, you know, have to get in this and get us to, to come out if we were sluggish. But, yeah, he uh, he was very fun, very fun to play for. I really appreciate my time there. I just... I, I will tell you, now, now that I think about it, I will tell you a story about Wichita, and I don't know if the players will remember this at all, but I remember I had a suit on, okay? <laughs> and, I, and I got up, and I had ripped the back out of my suit. Yeah. <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> this yeah. guy behind me, in about the third row, you talk about the fans there. Yeah. He was, he was a big old guy, and he had a fancy suit on and he's yelling at me calling me fat because i ripped my pants and then i'd forget i ripped my pants i kept jumping up so at halftime i had to take my pants off and tape them up from the inside so i'll remember I'm that still, yeah i'm still blushing from wichita yeah I, I remember that game too yeah i mean coach i, I don't remember coach getting Getting technicals, but I remember him fighting for us. You know, I mean, yeah. If we got if we got the raw end of the deal, he'd be up fighting for us. And and uh, but I don't remember him being, you know, getting thrown. I don't remember him getting thrown out or technicals or anything like that. But yeah, he was he was intense. There's no doubt about it. Um, you know, he he had he had an expectation of how he wanted us to play, and. Uh, you know, he held us accountable for how he wanted us to play. And, you know, I, I always respected and appreciated that. Well, I appreciate that. And I do think that you did touch on one thing that I I feel is important uh, for coaches and young coaches coming up. You know, they, it's got to be fun for the kids. You know, they, they have enough pressure on them. It's a great game. And uh, I just wanted my players to – Look back, and when I recruited kids, I told them that. I said, well, I just want you, when you're all done, to look back and say, I had fun. Because it's no use making everybody miserable. It's just basketball. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well said. Hey, I want—I got a question for all three of you once again. What 
what you know in today's society you know stuff that you guys used to do in the past was cool but nowadays when you look back on it you think what were they thinking so i want to know your thought process whose idea it was to get guns out and point at a target for your media <laughs> guide i think uh in 84 85 I don't yeah. know. You pulled that out. I think that's that's. I think that's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> well, I tell you what happened was, um, my sophomore year was the was the trial year. It would have been Sherm's freshman year. Uh, was the trial year and would be coach Coach Shawhouse's first year trial year for the three point line, and so some conferences had the three point line, some conferences didn't. Some played with it, some didn't. I know when we played at Evansville down there, they didn't, so we didn't have a, a three-point line. But in the Missouri Valley that year, we had the three-point line during the conference games. And there was a uh, – my backcourt mate was named Al Cole. And Al and I's percentage from the three-point line was one of the tops in the country. So Sports Illustrated came out to do a photo shoot for Al Cole and I and so they they hand us guns, and we're we're outside the football stadium there, you know, with our uniforms and with these guns, you know, like we're sharpshooters or something. And Sports Illustrated never did run the story. Uh, they just came and took a bunch of pictures and said, "See you later." And so then I think Tom James, who's uh, uh, assistant SID, took kind of took that idea and ran with it. And then we got the guns out and, uh, and it looked like we're pointing them at coach, uh, <laughs> but, but we were, we really weren't, you know, we really weren't. Um, but you know, it, it is an interesting picture. And every time I see it, I, I, I get a kick out of it. Yeah, what else, anything else you guys would like to add or uh, chat about a little bit here? We've got a couple more minutes. Well, I just think, Billy, what you're doing is great. I, this is the second time you and I have talked and, you know, get a chance to reconnect with some of these guys. And I know you're having fun with it, too. And I think it's, uh, it's good. And uh, I have had some comments from people that have listened and enjoyed it. Oh, thank well, you. I'll, I'll, Go ahead. Go ahead. I'll, I, I will say this, and, and I will echo what Coach just said. I, I think it's just awesome what you're doing. We need to get we need to get some 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 things behind it and just create go ahead and create a TV channel about it. But uh, but I will say uh, about uh, Coach and, and Sherm, it, it's it's real. I, I got to reconnect with Sherm uh, last winter, and uh, and I reconnected with Coach. Uh, five or six years ago. And, uh, to me, that's, that's better than, than all the memories we have of, uh, of being together back when, because all these years later, uh, we're friends and we have a, a, a love and an appreciation and a respect for each other. Uh, that's, that's what, that's what I take from my, from my days of playing basketball are the relationships. And, and so it's, it's so, it's so awesome for me to, to, to hang out with, talk with, be with, uh, with, with all my former teammates and coaches, and, and, and Coach Shellhouse and Sherm are at the top of the list. Thank you, Rick. I agree with that. Oh, I, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, it was it was uh, just uh, that's what like 
the sports venue can do sometimes. It's, it's more than just winning the games and maybe winning the championships. I mean, it's an opportunity to develop lifelong friends and, and, and uh, couldn't have been more uh, well said, Rick, than what you just said. Now, Billy, have you got that side about people that belong in the Hall of Fame? Uh, yes, I do. Well, you put Basil's Afraid on there, too. Uh, I think uh, John Sherman Williams would agree with that also, wouldn't you, Sherman? I agree with that 100%. Yep, yeah. definitely. Thanks, Coach. I agree with that 100%. Well, he was a good man. He was a good Indiana State guy, and he was a great Washington, you know, supporter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. No, no, this is this is something I just, you know, I don't I don't know. I don't know when it clicked. You know, I, I got to watch John Sherman Williams. Uh, uh, he doesn't know it or not. He doesn't probably remember it or not, but. We had a garage in our backyard. I, I grew up with my um, Aunt Trinita and Uncle Fred, and we had a garage in our backyard. And I swear to God, if you blew on it, it should have fallen down. But inside it was glass, concrete, just everything. But outside, hanging on the outside of that uh, that uh, garage was a basketball hoop, and it, was a, it wasn't a concrete floor. It was a dust floor, and I got to watch Sherm play on that. So he is – Basically, one of the reasons my first memories of watching basketball, and of course going and watching him play, and you know, and then once I got to Broderfield and got associated with some other stuff, and you know, the the, the gener- today's generation is going to forget about and not know about all this stuff that has happened and and all this history that's happened, and I just like keeping the nostalgia alive. I I, I just bring it together. You guys do a great job of uh, of uh, of keeping it alive and helping me keep it alive. So uh, uh, I I don't want any praise, but I, I thank you for your uh, uh, Nice compliments. Well, hey, it's it's awesome what you're doing. I know a lot of my uh, uh, family and friends uh, are glued to your your posts on Facebook and, and and these these things that you're doing. I also want to mention Coach Hoover, who was the assistant coach um, for under Coach Shellhouse there for our years, and and he just retired as a as a basketball coach this year. Uh, he he had he's coached all different levels and, and, and he just retired as a coach at, at what is he 80 now coach he's getting coach close to, I'm not sure exactly 78, yeah. 78 I felt very fortunate you know very fortunate to have uh, have Jerry and uh, and Earl I thought Earl was very conscientious uh, Earl Diddle and uh, yeah so it was it was fun to work with those guys and they they really cared about the players and they they worked hard. Hey, I will say I will say about some 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 of the, you know, all the memories we have are are pretty good. The 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 biggest memory that I have is is uh, the last flight I ever took on a Brit Airlines airplane, and and landing successfully and thought, okay, uh, I cheated death for four years uh, <laughs> down there with some of those airplanes we flew on. <laughs> And, and I'll, I'll never forget the last time the wheels touched down at, at uh, Holman Field, uh, thinking, man, I cheated death for four years, but we made it. Well, I, I know what you mean. I got on one of those planes, and the guy that was the damn pilot went to high school with me. He was an idiot in high school. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, that's funny. Let, 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 let's start with Rick, and then you, Sherm, and then you, Coach Shellhouse. Uh, what do you do? What do you guys do today? Well, um, I am the athletic director 
for two middle schools in Noblesville. Uh, so I'm a middle school athletic director. I love it. Uh, I love the, the, the middle school age kids because they're, they're like sponges. They'll listen to you. They soak it up. Uh, and, um, and, and so I do that, uh, to, um, but, but I think the, the biggest job I have is I got remarried, uh, this past year and, uh, um, I'm happily married. Um, I'm, uh, I'm a dad. Uh, and, and so I, I really am proud of, of my kids. When I remarried, I, I also gained, a, uh, some step kids who are awesome, but I also became a grandpa and I'm telling you, it's the best. It is the best. I'm a grandpa of uh, a two-year-old and a one-year-old and, and, uh, I'm telling you, that's 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 awesome. Sure. Uh, wow, that that is awesome, Rick. Uh, congratulations on that. I I uh, am currently working over at Heritage Christian School, uh, where I actually have uh, been fortunate to be able to see my daughter, who will be sixth grade uh, this year. She's been through the system uh, the last five, five years, and so uh, I work in the athletic department there, and I do. Uh, things like help coordinate events. I actually help uh, watch events, you know, when called upon. Uh, and then I also coach uh, middle school basketball, and that's where I was able to reconnect with Rick last uh, winter uh, with him over there at Noblesville. And so uh, I plan on doing that again this year. So I'm still around the game, uh, but it's just at the younger level. And I've been very blessed to be married for 20 years to my wife, and we actually have a son that just graduated from Fisher's High School this past year and actually he's down at Indiana State just taking classes so we dropped him off last week and it was just kind of brought back a lot of memories to be there on campus so I'm very blessed and thankful to God that you know I have a family and and my daughter is actually waiting right now saying hi to you guys but yeah things are going well thanks Billy for asking by the way you do do a heck of a job with your show I appreciate that oh thank you very much and you coach well um I moved back to Indiana a number of years ago. I'm at Logansport High School. Uh, I uh, was coaching in Moorhead State in Minnesota and took early retirement in Minnesota and moved back to Indiana. Uh, I came to Logansport as a dean. I've been a dean. I've been teaching health and doing PE and other things. I'm about ready to wind her down soon. Uh, <laughs> I uh, I enjoy it. I, I have not coached. At first, I missed it, but uh, as time goes along, I, I don't miss the coaching as much. Uh, I have three kids, all married and grown, four grandkids, and uh, just uh, enjoy being back in Indiana. Well, I thank all three of you guys from the bottom of my heart. This this uh, this may have been the funnest show that I've done. I and I did one last week with Rick Mount. Of course, I couldn't get him to be quiet, which was awesome. But this may have, this may have been the most fun. He's going to hear that now, and I'm going to get in trouble. But he'll he'll understand. Uh, so, but I thank you guys very much, and uh, I'm going to get the podcast up. I'll put them on your timeline, Rick. Uh, I'll put them on your yeah. timeline, Coach Shell Haas, and then somehow, some way, uh, Sherm, I'll get your email address and I'll send you the link. I, but thank you all three for helping me keep the nostalgia alive. Okay, hey, thank you very that. much. Thank thanks for all you do, Billy. Appreciate it. Yep, thank, thank you, guys. You. You're welcome. Okay, thank you. Okay. Right. Bye-bye.